going on, Fight Fans, man? Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon and Boxing, baby. I'm your host, Jeff. This is episode four, man. Recap and reaction from the two big fights that we had over the weekend, man. Two main cards uh, that we had Saturday uh, that took us, that started us off for the month of December, the last month for boxing. Of course, the last month for everything. It's the end of the year. But anyways, man, we're going to talk about those two fights. We're going to talk about some boxing news. And we're also going to go over the remaining schedule for the month of December, man. Uh, that's going to end the year for boxing. That started with a bang. And guys, I'm telling you, it's going to end with a bang, man. Starting this weekend, actually, uh, with two really good main cards coming up this weekend. We'll get more into that. We want to recap this weekend's fights right now. That's my main focus here with you guys, man. And we're going to recap them, get into them, awesome. talk about some good boxing, man. Uh, first, we're going to jump into the the second, the, the, well, not, it, was, it was the day fight. It wasn't the second fight. It was a fight over in the U.K., Michael Conlon versus Jordan Gill. This was a must-must win for Michael, man, Michael Conlon. This kid, man, he's got a lot of heart. He's a champion, uh, you know, but he's just had some hard times in his last three fights, man. His last two fights, actually. The third fight, I guess you could say he had a hard time in this one also. Uh, things didn't quite go his way again, man. This was a must-win for him, our career ending. That's that's how I kind of look at it. And it's sad to say that, but it is what it is. You can't get knocked out three straight times in a row, uh, in my opinion. I think that's career career ending for Michael Conlon, man. Uh, Michael Conlon, man, he's a guy that throws a lot of punches. He's very active. He's a hell of a fighter, man. When it comes to throwing punches, he can throw punches with anybody. He just can't knock anybody out. That's always been my knock on him. No pun intended. Knock on the no knockout. He doesn't have the power. Just some guys don't have it. You can't build it. You can't gain it. It's just in the, unless you go do some steroids and some illegal stuff to try to help you get the power. But he just doesn't have it, man. And Jordan Gill came out knowing he was an underdog. Uh, fought a hell of a fight. Uh, once he, I think once he figured out Michael Conlon didn't have any power, there wasn't much Michael could do. He was doing what he always does, throws punches and bunches. Uh, and he was getting caught. He got caught in the second round and knocked down. And I don't really think he ever recovered from that. He was kind of hesitant after that. And it just kind of come off as a beating by Jordan Gill. Uh, the fight made it, I want to say, seven, eight rounds. Uh, still made it around the seventh round before it was stopped after a knockout. A wobbly Conlon, uh, the ref stepped in and stopped the fight. So, for Michael Conlon, man, my heart goes out to this guy. But, hey, he's a previous champion. Uh, he's accomplished a lot in his career. Uh, he's a great amateur career. Champion at the pro level. Not a lot of guys can say that. So hats off and heart out to Michael Conlon for that loss. But most of all, let's congratulate Jordan Gill, who uh, got a nice little name under his belt to put himself on the mainstream, to get people to put a little bit of notice to his name. Put a little respect on it, baby. That's what they say. Put some respect on my name. Yeah. That's what he was saying. I don't know if that came off weird. Awesome. No, no. See, it came off awesome. See, I told you guys. I knew that was going to happen. But anyways, man. Not a good night for Michael Conlon. Probably career-ending, in my opinion. I don't see him coming back from this uh, or not even getting a big fight. After this, and then hats off to Jordan Gill. 
that took us into the nightcap, guys, where we got to see King Ryan, as they call him, back in the ring. I do not call him King. I don't call anybody King. But Ryan Garcia back in the ring against Oscar Duarte. This fight, now, I don't know if the lead-up to the fight was better than the fight and all the drama that was going on in the back of the, you know, the, the behind the scenes. You know, Ryan and his own promotional team just going at it, man. Him and Oscar De La Hoya and then Oscar coming out there talking about, we made Ryan all this money and we promoted Ryan. He made $30 million. Talking a lot of smack, guys. A lot of smack. And then Oscar wasn't even allowed in Ryan's uh, dresser, dressing room, guys. Ryan said, no, no, sir. You come in here and I'm going to send you right back out. It was a no-go for Ryan, for Oscar to even be in his, in his thing. And then Ryan was even saying that, look, they picked Oscar Duarte thinking that Bernard and, you know, Oscar De La Hoya picked this guy thinking he was going to beat Ryan. So Ryan had a little bit of motivation going into this fight. Number one, he needed to rebound off a loss to Tank. And he needed to get the belief back into himself. He is with his third trainer. Derek James. Now, Derek James is a hell of a trainer. Trainer of the year last year. I mean, he's got guys like Ariel Spence, uh, the Charlo brothers, uh, Frank Martin, you know, boatload of talent. Anthony Joshua, and then now Ryan Garcia. So, I mean, he's got an all-star stable there. He's a heck of a trainer. He's had a little bit of a tough year uh, with the one Charlo guy losing to Canelo and then Spence losing to uh, Crawford. So he needed a big, uh, he needed this win as much as, you know, I would say Ryan did almost. Uh, but anyways, man, coming out, it looked like, uh, you know, Ryan was, you know, coming out. He was hesitant, getting back in the ring, all that. Uh, Oscar Duarte. Now, to, to be honest with you, the first, second, third round, I thought Ryan did exactly what Ryan should have been doing. He had the major size over Oscar Duarte. And he a major reach advantage on Oscar. So really all he had to do was keep doing what he was doing. Every time Oscar has a very Oscar Duarte has a really, 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 really bad tell. I mean he wiggles his body and then he throws a big butt. He wiggles and then throws a big butt and wiggles. So he showcases to you when he's gonna come in at you. And in the first, second round majority of those two rounds every time he did that you could see Ryan was catching that and when he would come in he'd hit him with the jab boom 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 kept him on the outside didn't allow him to get in and you could tell Duarte wasn't able to get in on him and then uh, you know there was a big punch landed by Oscar Duarte and I think that kind of changed Ryan's uh, posture a little bit That's when it was something that he has had a problem with it previously in the past, standing straight up when going back, and he got caught with a big punch. But it didn't knock him down. It didn't phase him. He wasn't stumbled by it. He wasn't in any trouble. He just got hit with a big punch. And you can see he kind of changed his demeanor a little bit. He felt Oscar's power, so now he knew what kind of power he was bringing to the table. And in that, he fought a little bit more hesitant. He started doing this weird shoulder roll where he was kind of, putting his back towards Oscar sideways, putting it, and I'm not for sure what he was attempting to do. Now, he says at the end of the fight, now, he did explain that, so I, I'm not going to say I'm not sure what he was doing when he explained, 
what he was trying to. He was trying to sh- slow down Oscar's momentum. He was coming in with a lot of pressure. And Teddy Atlas said it best. There's that's where when you need to properly train a guy that shows inexperience when you're kind of uh, you're in there just kind of winging it. Uh, when a guy's coming in, there's ways to slow down a guy's momentum, and I think the number one way to do that is just establish your jab, stay on the outside, stay on your back foot, establish your jab. Uh, and one of my favorite things defensive-wise is the uh, step-back defense. You know what I mean? You know, stepping back, throwing that jab, stepping back, throwing that jab, I think is one of the best defenses that you can do. And if you got good footwork like Ryan, Ryan has good footwork. So he'd be able to pull something like that off. And he did that. Like I said, the first couple rounds, he was keeping his distance, keeping Oscar at bay because Oscar being a smaller fighter, he wasn't able to get inside. And I think he did that beautifully the first two rounds. But then for some reason, after getting hit with the big punch, he started going to this weird shoulder roll type thing like a like a broke Floyd Mayweather, you know, like a poor man's Floyd Mayweather. You know, unless Floyd shows you that, don't even attempt it, in my opinion. Uh, but you can see Derek James wasn't, he's like, almost as in, what What are you doing? Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to get in a, he kind of told him, you don't need to get in a battle with this guy. You know, you don't need to get in a fight with this guy. Like, you just need to stay on the outside. Keep your distance like he was doing. Sixth, seventh, and eighth round, that's kind of what, it, like, the crowd started booing. He wasn't getting any love. Uh, Ryan wasn't from the crowd. The crowd, oh, it's a boring fight, like casuals do. That's what happens when you invite casuals to a fight, guys. That's what happens. They don't know what the hell they're freaking watching in there. And what you watched was a guy going into the sixth, seventh, and eighth round knowing that he had to go with a different style, uh, try to change it up a little bit. He's getting booed for it because he looked like he was running around, looked like he was on his bicycle pedaling back, trying not to get hit, just trying to run in the fight. Uh, but I think what he was doing is exactly what Derek told him to do. Keep your distance. You don't need to get in a firefight with him. Catch him with a counter. And lo and behold, the eighth round, it's exactly what happened. He caught him with a counter left hook. That was just beautiful, just a small little, you know, a short, Bam, left. Uh, lit the Orte up. He got the stanky leg immediately. He's out there just stanky legging it wobbly. And that's when Ryan attacked. Jumped in, pop, pop, and ended the fight right there. Uh, no recovery for, you know, Dorte on that one. And it was a hell of a fight by Ryan. Uh, and, a, and a great, good wind under, under his like I said, it was a much-needed win there for Ryan. Sorry, guys, had to pause it there for a minute, man. My son is a little sick, so I'm having to deal with him at the moment. Uh, um, but like I was saying, Ryan had an okay fight. What I've seen from Ryan in this fight is I don't think Ryan has a very big ring IQ, like you see from G- uh, you know Davis and you see from Haney, the elite fighters like Shakur and Teofimo Lopez and, you know, these guys that are on top, Crawford, uh, even Canelo, you know, the, the top dog in a way. All these guys that are on top that are considered elite fighters, they don't just depend on their athleticism. And I feel like Ryan depends a lot on his athleticism. And that's what he depended on in this fight. He just, 
his athleticism. He's going to be better than the guy in the ring. And that's how he looks at it. To me, against the top-level fighters at 140, that's not going to work. Haney's going to outbox you. Uh, he's not going to allow, Your athleticism's not going to be the guy like Haney. His IQ's too good. He's going to be able to kind of figure you out. Uh, pretty, pretty easy, in my opinion. I think Teo would outpower uh, Ryan. I don't think Ryan could handle Teo's power. Uh, so, to me, where does Ryan stand at the 140? His athleticism, his he's got the ability. You can see it in him. He's got a good punch on him. He's got the footwork. He's got the hands. But he's lacking something. I don't know if it's heart, if he lets his head get in his way too much, or it's the ring IQ. He just doesn't adapt like these other guys do. So in the 140 division, he's not beating a Haney. I don't think he's beating a Prograze. Uh, I don't think he's beating, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez. You know, I think you can match him up against a guy like Richard Hitchinson, and that'd be a hell of a fight, dangerous fight for him. Uh, I think you match him up against a... Uh, Mateos, who we saw last weekend, and I think that would be a really good matchup for him, dangerous for him also, but I just don't know if he's on the 140 top level. And, I mean, I think Derek James, if given the proper amount of time, Derek James can get the best out of Ryan Garcia, but we've seen it before in the past where he doesn't like to listen to his trainers. We saw it in this fight. Derek James was able to get through to him at one point, but in the early rounds, he just started basically winging it out there and doing whatever he wanted to do with that weird shoulder roll, putting his back towards Oscar, and, and then Oscar's getting in trouble for punching him in the back when all he's doing is going for the body, and the guy's kind of putting his back towards him, so it was hard to not punch him in the back. But when he was doing that, that was kind of signs of what what happened with him and Joe Goosen when he didn't listen to anything Joe Goosen said. In the tank fight, Joe Goosen in that second round gave him straight instructions on, hey, you're doing a great job. Continue to do what you're doing to try to set up that big left that you're doing. you got to set it up a little bit better. And told him to go out and do the exact same thing. Ryan went out and just started fighting like, I, I can't even explain. If you watch the fight, you know what I'm talking about. He's out there wailing, just throwing punches, hoping he's going to hit tank with something. And it was like amateurs that got but he went against everything Joe Goosen said. Uh, and he kind of did that with Derek James early in this fight. But James, was James, I guess, has more of a calm demeanor about himself, and he was able to pretty much explain to him, dude, don't you, you can't stop with that. You need to get back to your distance. Uh, fight off your back foot. Make him come to you and catch him with a counter. I mean, great advice by Derek James, in my opinion to have told him to do that, and then for him to listen, that was a good sign for Ryan. But it's how much is he going to listen. If he listens 100% and he gives 100% to Derek James, Derek James could possibly make him a champion. But he's got to listen, man, and he's also got to learn. He's got to get his ring IQ up. He's got to see it differently in there, and that's what makes the elite the elite. When they get in that ring, they see it completely different than everybody else, and they're able to do things that just amaze people, and you see him do it in the middle of a fight. Any real boxing fan, you see the adjustments Tank makes. You see what he's doing when he's fighting, how he's just like a like a predator 
in there. He's a lion. He sees a gazelle, and he's just kind of lining this guy up, and he's getting him in the right position that he wants him to land that punch and just get him where he wants to get him, and he's controlling the whole fight, and that's kind of like Crawford versus Spence. You know, he just controlled the whole fight with his ring IQ. Knowing what he wanted to do, saw Spence's weaknesses and just attacking. I don't think Ryan has that at this moment. Will he? I'm not for sure, man. I've heard him talk before. He seems very arrogant as if he already knows everything. And we know young people like that, man. There's a tons of young people out there who think they know everything. And Ryan is obviously, hearing him speak on uh, Brian Custard's show, other shows throughout the week leading up to the fight, he just came off as a very arrogant young man. Uh, and nothing against that man. Arrogant and a little vain. You know, I'm good looking. I look at me. I'm the most handsome guy in the world. It's like, I want you to go suck your own penis at some point, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> I didn't want to say the other word, so I kept it PG for you guys. But, you know... You know, go lick your own stuff on your own time. I, You know, be a boxer. We don't care how pretty you are. You get in that ring and you leave with a black eye, it ain't so pretty. But, you know, I just see him as that guy that has all the athleticism, all the talent. But his ego is probably what's going to get the best of him. His lack of ring IQ is always going to get the best of him against the best of the best. And that's where I see him at the 140. He's not going to fight the best of the best. And when he does, he's not going to beat the best of the best, in my opinion. Uh, unless he 100, 100% commits everything to boxing. And he commits everything to Derek James. That's when we're going to see this guy really flourish. And you're going to get his true potential, man, because he's got all the ability and all the talent in the world. Brian Garcia does. And if he ever puts it all together, yeah, he's going to be something to rock. He's going to be hard to beat. He's going to be that guy uh, at some point if he can just stay on the right route. Uh, all right, moving on from that fight, man. Like I said, those two fights over the weekend. There was, uh, who was it on the undercard of the Ryan Garcia fight? The co-main event. Uh, super impressed with the guy, man. Uh, I love watching him fight, actually. Second time I've watched the guy fight. Uh, God darn it, man. I can't remember the name. I'll come back around once I figure out this guy's name. I've got it right on my tongue, and I just can't get it out. But uh, hell of a fight, great fight by him. I, I'll remember it at some point. But getting into some boxing news, man, uh, I got to watch Wilder on uh, Brian Custard's show, uh, Showtime. The Brian Custard, uh, The Last Stand, that's what it's called, actually. And he was on there, man. Wilder's another guy that he tries to sound smarter than what he is. He tries to use words that... And I don't really think he knows the meaning of them. Uh, sometimes I think he tries to speak above his level. Uh, and he just kind of comes off sounding... I don't want to be mean because Wilder would just absolutely demolish me. But look, man, he just kind of comes off sounding a little dumb sometimes. But he was on there, man, and I like the guy. I think he's a great fighter. And I think that's why a lot of people in the U.S. have a time, hard time relating to him. Because he's just... One, he's an excuse maker... Uh, two, he's one of those uh, conspiracy theory guys. Everybody's out to get me, man. They don't want me being champion. They rip me off. You know, even the people in your own court, he got into all that. He always seems, in a, any long interview you do with uh, Wilder, he always seems to veer off to the conspiracy theories, man, that, hey, they're all out to get you. 
And, I mean, don't get me wrong, boxing is a crooked-ass sport, but, you know, I don't think anybody was going to benefit from Fury beating Wilder. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and by what I watched, I don't think Fury needed anything to beat Wilder. I mean, it was a hell of a fight, uh, all three of the fights. I mean, the second fight, not so well, but the first and third fight, really good fights. Uh, I would have gave Wilder the first fight, you know, Fury the, the second and third fight. Uh, but Wilder's punch makes him, in my opinion, the, the second best in the heavyweight division just because of his punch alone. It's very deadly. And uh, he was on there because a lot of people are, you know, uh, Parker included, you know, have been talking, like, hey, I'm going to knock. Like, he's Parker's like, hey, if Wilder thinks he's just going to come in here and knock me out, he's wrong. And, he, you know, Parker is a vet fighter. So Joseph Parker isn't. You know, he's no pushover, but I'm not impressed with Joseph Parker. I've never been impressed with Joseph Parker, and I think this fight ends the same way as most of Wilder's, all of Wilder's fight. He's going to knock this guy out. Uh, you know, he hit on that, and he also talked about his contract with Saudi Arabia. seems that he has more than one fight signed with them. He's got a few fights. Uh, his next three fights will be with Saudi Arabia. So he's going to make some good money, and I'm sure they've got in their mind They've got this fight, the Joshua fight if he beats Joshua, and then they're going to try to get him to fight for the undisputed. Uh, the winner between uh, Fury and Usyk, which might be a, a little bit down the road on that one, because uh, I don't know who what, who his third fight would be that would be big enough in Saudi Arabia unless they were trying to line up uh, in, in Ghana, uh, trying to line him up, which I could see him possibly trying to do something like that. But he's also talked the interest of getting into the octagon, guys. He is dead set that he wants to get in that octagon. He wants to test it. And, you know, and more, you know, hats off to him, man. He's a big guy. He's 6'7". He's got a hell of a punch. I mean, any anything this guy's going to be involved with, his punch is going to make him dangerous regardless. Uh, you know what I mean? But we'll see how that goes for him, man. And Wilder, I look forward to seeing that fight on December 23rd with him and Parker. Uh, great undercard. Great uh Overall, we'll get into that later on as I talk about our fight schedule ending the year. Uh, as I talked, Richard Hitson earlier, who I thought would be a good fight for Garcia. This guy's talking about a possible fight with uh, Subaru Matias, who I saw over the weekend. And I thought that guy out of Puerto Rico, really, really good. Loved what I saw from him. Him and Richardson would be a hell of a fight. Two guys on the up trying to get big fights, trying to get a big fight under their name. So why not use each other to do that? And, you know, that would be a hell of a fight set up, in my opinion. I, I'd pay to watch that fight for sure. Uh, and then, you know, earlier in the week, man, I got to watch the Sonny Edwards versus Bam Rodriguez face-off and, you know, presser that they did. Uh, sat down on the zone, talking to each other, all that fun stuff. And, man, I'm telling you what, guys, I've been anticipating this fight. This has been my most anticipated fight of the whole year. Bam Rodriguez, who I absolutely love, man. This guy's a hell of a fighter. And Sonny Edwards, another guy that I just absolutely love. Watch the fight. And these guys are going to step in the ring. The two best in their division, the two best, are going to fight each other. And I'm telling you right now, December 16th, if you aren't glued to your TV watching that fight, you're missing. If you're a boxing fan and you're not going to glue to your TV to watch these two guys, bang it out, you're going to miss out, man. Because I'm telling you right now, both of these guys are just incredible fighters, man. I'll tell you, I Sonny surprised me on his interview because he's, he comes off as a really respectful guy. 
Uh, Bam was kind of, I think, reading him a little different. Took it as if he's trying to get in Bam's head. He's trying to be a nice guy, all that. Uh, Bam wasn't really buying because Sonny's talked a lot of smack about Bam. So when they were face-to-face, he really didn't have anything bad to say about Bam. Uh, and he kind of showered him with respect, uh, which you got to respect a fighter for that because he knows what he's going into. He's not going in against the second best, the third best, the fourth best. He's going in against the best of the best in his division. And he's the best of the best. So that fight right there, guys, I'm telling you now, you better tune in for that one. Uh, go on YouTube, check out the little interview they did on the zone. And uh, I mean, you, you, you'll love it. You'll love it, guys. Uh, Haney also talked about a fight with Tank down the road, saying, hey, man, that would be a heck of a fight to set up. And with Haney now saying at 140, Tank's already proven he'd come up, but will Tank try to use a dehydration clause on Haney? Haney's saying he will not accept any type of dehydration clause against Tank, that if Tank wants to fight him, it might have to be at 140. And no exceptions. Uh, Tank's ability to do it. Tank's a great fighter. That would be a hell of a fight. Uh, I don't know how much it gets done, guys. Those two, I mean, come on. They were both in the 135 division and never fought each other. But now you're going to talk about fighting. When you go up to 140, now you're like, oh, yeah, the Tank fight would be a hell of a fight. That's a fight I really want. The Tank fight. If you wanted the Tank fight, then you would have wanted the Tank fight when you were at 135. You didn't want the Tank fight. Let's be real. Uh, you didn't want that tank fight. Lomachenko was an easier fight than tank with just as big as a name. So he didn't want that. And I, I still don't think he wants that. There's so much talent. He's going to look to unify that uh, 140 division, and he's got a good chance to be able to do it. You know, and then from 140, who knows what Haney's possibilities are? Can he move up to uh, welterweight at 147? That's another rumor that I'm hearing right now that Teofimo Lopez, he wants Terrence Crawford. Uh, everybody wants Terrence Crawford, and according to what I've been hearing, Terrence Crawford wants Canelo, and I just think that's a bad, bad fight. I'm hearing that fight might actually get done. I don't want to see that, man. I, I don't know if I want to see that. I'm confused. Do I 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 don't know. Because here's the thing, man. That's too much weight for one person to have to make because Canelo's not going to come down. I mean, we're talking what? 168? Crawford's a 147 guy? So he's got to go up three weight divisions to go fight Canelo, and that's the fight he's going to take? You're telling me that's the fight he's going to take? No way, man. No way. I wouldn't take that fight. That's too much weight. And the money, the money's great. You're going to rich as shit fight Canelo, especially with the name Crawford. But I don't think it's a fight you want to take. It's it's an advantage for Canelo, and I'm tired of seeing Canelo cherry pick that darn division, man. I'm trying to not cuss right now. I'm trying not to lose my cool with Canelo. But you got David fucking Benavidez, the monster, waiting for your ass, man. Stop being a punk, bro, and go fight this man. You're looking like a punk right now, Canelo. Would I say that to your face? Probably not. But right now, you're looking like a punk if you go fight Crawford, a guy too. Three weight divisions down. You just fought a guy that was two weight divisions below you. Then you're going to go fight a guy that's three weight divisions below you. And let me guess, nothing will be done by the WBC. No belts will be taken away from Canelo, the king of boxing.
oh, continue to cherry pick the goddamn sport for his liking, and he'll pick his guys to his advantage, and he'll skip fighting David Benavidez, and it'll be the biggest mark on his career. It's got to happen, man. If he don't fight David Benavidez, he needs to be stripped of all his belts. I don't give a fuck if you go fight Jaime Magia. You know, that's at least your weight division. But the messed up thing is he's not the mandatory. Once again, man, if you had one sanction in body and boxing, you wouldn't have bullshit like this going on. You wouldn't have this bullshit going on where you got a where you got an absolute mandatory, an absolute number one contender to all the belts and David Benavidez. And yet we're gonna let the champion decide who he wants to fight. How the hell can that even be a a thing? If you got a mandatory, the guy's the number one contender. How the how can you fight anybody else? It blows me away, and that's the sport of boxing sometimes, man. That's the aggravation that I have with the sport sometimes, man. When you know the fights that should happen aren't going to happen because of ducking, because of worried about their legacy, uh, afraid to lose. All right? That's bullcrap, man. If you're the best and you think you're the best of the best, then you fight the best of the best, man. And Canelo right now, he's not doing that. When's the last time he, I mean, he fought John Ryder? Ooh, boy. Good old John Ryder. Oh, there, cowboy. Hold your britches now. That was a tough one. I need you to calm down there, Canelo. Don't want you going too far with all this tough competition you're fighting. Uh, But look, man, I'm going to get too deep in that Canelo stuff, man, because that kind of makes me mad. You can't keep ducking, bro. You just can't keep ducking Benavidez, man. And the sport of boxing has to do something about it. If he's not going to fight him, take the belts away, man. Take the belts away. It's at some point, it's just bullcrap on Canelo's part. And to be like, well, he's the champ. He can fight whoever he wants. And then Canelo on there, like, the more you ask me for the fight, the less I'm going to give you a fight. Like, Nobody's asking you for shit. David Benavidez has earned this fight. He has earned the right to te- to get the titles. And you're holding that shit. Hostage. Like, bullcrap. Uh, but look, guys, man, there's not any more boxing news that I got for you, man. But I do. And looking at the remainder of this year's schedule, man, I got to tell you guys, I'm super impressed with how the year... How how boxing's gonna end the year? Uh, I mean, you got this week. You got the Handy versus Prograde fight, uh, and you got the Robisi Ramirez versus Espinosa fight going on that same day, uh, both on the ninth of December this weekend coming up. And then we're gonna get a rare Sunday fight, guys, uh, where we're gonna get Robisi or we're gonna get Billum Smith versus Masternex on the tenth, guys. Uh, then we're also gonna get Jose Sanchez versus Santa Bonds on the 14th. Believe it or not, guys, I'm going to mention a name here that might blow you guys away. Jake Paul versus Andre August August on the 15th. Now, I'm only mentioning this fight because Andre August is a real boxer. And I've said it before, if Jake's going to fight a real boxer, then I will talk about that fight. I'm not going to talk about the fight, but I'll mention that that fight's going to happen on the 15th. 
Uh, and then the most anticipated fight for me of the year is Bam Rodriguez is going to be fighting Sonny Edwards on the 16th of December. And also on that same day, guys, you're going to get David Morale versus Cena uh, Agabuco. Artie Agabuco, hey, forget about it. Get out of here. His mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but then on the 23rd, we're going to get the Joshua versus Wallen. That's going to be Day of Reckoning out of Saudi Arabia, which is going to have a stacked card with Wilder uh, versus Parker, Dubai versus Big Baby Miller. I mean, just a huge, huge card. Herbovix is going to be on there. I mean, just an I mean, unbelievable card that they're putting on there. Uh, of course, guys, and then we're going to get the monster out of Japan. Uh, in a way, he's going to be fighting Marlon Tapples. That's going to be a hell of a fight. That's going to be on the 26th. Of December, and in the end of the year, we're going to get Kazuto Ioka versus Jasper Perez on the 31st of December, guys. So boxing is going to end with a bang, baby. That's what I'm talking about, man. But hey, you guys, like I said, this is episode four. I'm your host, Jeff, man. This is Bourbon and Boxing. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Want you, uh, if you like what you hear, follow, uh, like, share, subscribe. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iHeart. Uh, I'm on Amazon Music. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Bourbon and Boxing. And my podcast, my latest podcast would come up. Uh, but anybody listening, man, I want to thank you guys. And I want to also, before I forget, give a shout-out to our sponsor, Brown Family Construction. For any of your construction needs in the northern Kentucky area, hit up Brown Family Construction, uh, and they will take care of you guys. Reach out to Jason Brown. You can find all their information on Facebook. Contact Jason Brown for any of your construction needs for Brown Family Construction, where the name says it all. They treat you like family. Once again, guys, thank you for joining me for this episode, man. Like I said, we're gonna get, I'm going to delve back in on Friday, and we're going to talk about the two big fights coming up this weekend. Once again, two main cards, Haney versus Prograde, and uh, Robicio Ramirez is going to be taking on, uh, who is he taking on? I almost forgot here. Uh, Esp- oh, yeah, yeah, Espinoza. He's going to be taking on Espinoza. Two big fights over the weekend, man. I'm definitely looking forward to the Haney versus Prograde fight. So we'll break that fight down for you on Friday, and we'll talk about the undercards and all that fun stuff going on. Hopefully we get some more news coming in for boxing. But like I said, guys, awesome for joining me, man. Like, share, follow. Check me out on my uh, Facebook, Bourbon and Boxing. Check me out on YouTube, Bourbon and Boxing, baby. It's everywhere, man. Thank you guys for joining